Good morning, Victory Church. How you doing? Let me uh, real quick give you some context because you're visiting with us for the first time this morning. You're like, so the pastor just tells you to smack people from stage? That's not quite how that went. It was, you know, he, he sent me a text that caused me to worry, and, you know, the Holy Spirit said you should smack him. And so that's kind of how I'm just kidding. So just kind of give you a great context. My name is Troy. Uh, me and my wife, Darla, get the incredible privilege to pastor this church. And if you're visiting with us for the first time, welcome. So glad you could be here with us. Uh, as Malcolm said, we are in a series right now called Patterns, but I want to big, uh, piggyback on a couple of things he said. One is growth track. It's, it's such a fun thing uh, to come into our dream team care and, and see old faces and now new faces of people who are getting plugged into church, serving, being able to pass by different people who are finding their purpose here in the church. And you're going to hear us say this a lot. You're here on purpose because you have a purpose. And so we don't want you to just come and sit in a seat and receive, although we know that's what's going to happen. We want God to use you to be able to make a difference in other people's lives. And so if you've got the time, we make Growth Track really quick, 30, 45 minutes right after service. We'll watch your kids go in, learn. You can jump in at any point. So if you say, well, I've been to one or I've been to none, you can jump in today. You can jump in next week, whatever works best for you. And then I also want to add small groups. I'm so excited to tell you there were 19 women at small groups last Wednesday night. My wife came home, I actually sent her a text because I was watching the kids. That's why we kind of do a, every other week so that those of us who have kids, we can attend. And I was watching the girls and I texted her and said, how'd it go? Because I was super, I was like, I was anticipating it. And she just sent me back the word amazing. And I was like, all right, that, that's awesome. And then she ended up coming home and sharing about it. And so, uh, so cool just to know that the women of the church are getting out. This Wednesday night, the men of the church get together, all right? We're coming together right here. Uh, doors open at 6, 6.30 to 7.30. You're out by 7.30. Just a great time to make connection, fellowship. And we go over a little bit about what we're going to talk about this morning. And so if you can, we'd love to have you there. Excited about that. If you got your Bibles, do me a favor. Open to the book of Philippians. Chapter 4, if you got your paper, paper Bible, you just kind of go right past the New Testament into the Ions, the Galatians, the Ephesians, and you'll find Philippians. Uh, if you got your phone, as we said before, just Google Phil. Just Google Phil chapter 4, and it'll pop up because Google's a Christian. And so it'll work up. It'll give you a Philippians chapter 4. If you were here with us last week, you say, man, that's the book and the chapter we were in last week. And yes, it is. We're in a series right now called Patterns where we believe that Scripture, the Bible, has patterns for us that God has pre-laid out to be able to have success in every area of our life, from our finances, our marriage, uh, our thoughts, our worries, everything. Next week, we're going to talk about offense, which is going to be fun to see what God says about that. And um, last week, we talked about worry, and we talked about how God actually doesn't want us to worry, but instead, he gave us a pattern in Philippians 4, 6 through 7, where he said, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. And we walked through that. And today could actually have been worry part two if we wanted to do it because, let's be honest, a lot of our worries start in our thoughts. But I felt like I wanted to separate it because we, even though a lot of our worries begin with our thoughts, we have a lot of bad thoughts that aren't worries. Right, church? And so we want to look today and figure out what God's pattern for our thoughts is. So Philippians 4, the main pattern is going to be found in verse 8. And I'm going to jump back and forth to a couple different verses. I think we often underestimate the power of a thought. I don't know that we always understand just how powerful this right here is. I don't mean this right here, but this right here, just how powerful the mind is. If, if you think about it like this, okay, um, the, the, the clothes you're wearing right now, someone thought that up, right? The, the shoes that you have on, someone had that thought and sat down and put it to paper and created it. The phone that's in your pocket that you do everything on, someone thought that up. Candy Crush 
Someone thought that up, right? That, that was someone's thought. This is us was someone's thought. It was a horrible thought, but it was someone's thought. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, Crockpots for life. And so, you know, there, there, there's all these different, you know, the, the clothes you're wearing, the house you live in, the car you drove today to church was someone's thought. This church was someone's thought. That there is power in what we're thinking. T.D. Jake said it like this. He said, God made trees. He never made one table. He never made one chair. He made trees. And then us, our creativity, our thinking, took God's creation, and then we started creating. Because our creator is creative, therefore we are creative. And so the power of the mind. Listen, we are one thought away from the next best invention. We're one thought away from curing the, the, the worst disease. We are one thought away. Watch this. In the same aspect, we're one thought away from a healthy marriage. <laughs> But we're also one thought away from an unhealthy marriage. We're one thought away from uh, physical transformation, and we're one thought away from being unhealthy. We're one thought away from financial uh, uh, success, and one thought away from bankruptcy. We're, we're always one thought away. You get onto one thought, and there you go. So you are one thought away from any and every situation. It's how powerful a thought is. There was a study done in the University of Wisconsin where they studied, you know, uh, the human brain, and they came up with the conclusion that the average human, you and I, have anywhere from 12,000 to 50,000 thoughts a day. 12,000 to 50,000 thoughts a day. They said that 95% of those thoughts are repetitive, okay? Which means that 95% of the thoughts you think today, you will also think again tomorrow. And that goes back to the worry aspect we preached about last week, but 95%. And then they said, 80% of the thoughts we have are negative. Think about that. We wake up, I don't look as good as I thought. This isn't fitting the way I wanted to fit. I'm running late. My breakfast, my toast is burnt. I don't like my job. 80% of the thoughts we have are negative. Now watch this. Proverbs 23.7 says this. For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. As a man thinks, so is he. Whatever you think you are, you are. <laughs> you remember all the whole saying, if you say you can, you can. If you say you can't, you can't. Whatever you think you are, if you think your marriage is healthy, it'll be healthy. If you think it's unhealthy, it's going to be unhealthy. Whatever you think you are, we are shaped by our thoughts. So let me ask you this. If we're shaped by our thoughts, then what does it mean if 80% of those thoughts are negative? And so this morning, I just want to give you three things, th three steps that I believe can kind of put into place the pattern God has for us so that we can have a, a good pattern of thoughts, all right? So number one is this. Number one is pick your pattern. Pick your pattern. All, all throughout this series, and we, we've been going back and forth between this is what God's pattern in is and this is what the world's pattern is. The world pattern we conform to, God's pattern transforms. And we've just gone back, you know, you know the, the world's pattern last week was you worry or, or something happens and then you worry and the reward is anxiety. And we, we put into place God's pattern. It's always God's pattern and the world's pattern. But here's the interesting thing about thoughts is that God's pattern for thoughts and the world's patterns for thoughts tend to have the same theme. The theme is this, think whatever, whatever, think, think whatever, okay? So that's the theme for the world's pattern and for God's pattern. Think, what, what, what am I supposed to think about? Think about whatever. You say, well, that doesn't really sound 
you know, very gaudy. Well, well we got to go through the process, okay? So Philippians 4.8 is our main verse for this, and here's what it says. Remember, think on whatever. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, and whatever is admirable. I love this part. If anything Anything, we're going to talk about this in a little bit. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever's true, think about that. Whatever is noble, think about that. God's pattern for thinking is laid out right here in Philippians. Think on whatever is true, is noble, is right, is admirable, lovely. Here's the world's pattern. The world's pattern is think on whatever, but it's a little different, okay? It's a little bit more, watch this. We're going going to take us through some of the world's patterns. Think on whatever is rationalized, right? Instead of what's true, whatever's rationalized, whatever you can kind of put together with the evidence that you have, whatever is easy, think on whatever's easy for you to think on. Here's the one we all are familiar with. Think on whatever's self-pleasing. Whatever's self-pleasing, let me park my mind on that. Whatever's relevant. This is what's really happening, right? Think about it. Here's the Bible saying, think on whatever's true. We tend to spend more time thinking on whatever's relevant. Think on whatever's cynical, whatever's evil and and hurting people. How can I say the right comment back on Facebook to get a burn, right? Whatever's cynical and whatever's repugnant. The, the, The world has this same kind of theme of think on whatever, but it's almost the opposite of what God's saying. God would tell you, all right, let me, let me, let me give you an example. Um, God would tell you when it comes to a situation that's happening in America, you can think on one of two things. You can think on what's true or you can think on what's relevant, right? Well, where would we find what's true? In Scripture. So you can, you can spend your time thinking on what's true or you can spend your time thinking on what's relevant, all right? I'll give you another example. Um, let's talk about your marriage for a second. When it comes to your marriage, you can think about what's noble or what's lovely or, better yet, what's admirable. Or you can think about what's easy or what's self-pleasing. See what I mean? The theme is the same. Think on whatever. But the pattern is drastically different from each other. They're almost completely opposite. Watch this. The pattern you choose is dictated by your perspective. Okay? The pattern you choose is dictated by your perspective. It's dictated by how you choose to look at the situation you're in. How you choose to think about your job, how you choose to think about your kids, how you choose to think about your dating relationship, how you choose to think about any subject there is. The way you choose to think about it depends on how you see the situation. We're going to play a game, all right? You're like, I've never been to a church where we play games. It's not Monopoly. No, it's a little bit different, okay? So I'm going to put a picture on the screen in a minute. Hold on. And I want you to see it. Don't tell anybody. Don't tell your husband or your wife or your kids because I want you all to be able to talk about this later. You, in your mind, if you say it out loud, you're disqualified. In your mind, think what you're looking at. All right? You ready? Hit, hit us with that picture. Can I get out of your way? All right? Don't say nothing. If you say something, I'm coming off the stage. Okay. So, so figure it out. What am I looking at? Little, little, just a little clue. It's an animal, okay? Um, so, so look at it. Get it. All right, you got it. You know what it is. Y'all should know by now. If you don't, you're really slow. All right, 
All right, let's take the picture down for a second. All right, hands raised. How many of you saw a duck? All right, hands down. How many of you saw a rabbit? All right? Did the ones who saw a duck, did you see a rabbit? Put it back on the screen. Let's show them. All right, so here's the duck, the mouth, the eyes, the head. Here's the rabbit, the ears, the eyes, the nose. See what I mean? Now you're like, oh, my mind's been blown. It's not magic. It's not witchcraft. It's just good pictures. All right, all right. So here's my point. Depending on how you choose to look at it, the picture's different. If you tilt your head one way, oh, it's a rabbit. If you tilt your head the other way, oh, I see it. It's a duck. Some of you are still like, I don't see it. Oh. Look like a German shepherd to me. I don't know. You know, like it depends on how you look at it. All right, you can take that off because they're not even going to listen to another word I say. They're going to spend all day talking about, I think it's a platypus. I see it. All right, so the way you choose to look at the situation, the way you choose to see your home life will dictate the kind of patterns you think about it. The way you choose to look at your marriage, the way you choose to look at your job. Let me give you an example. When you come home and there's dirty dishes, men, Instead of getting angry about that, be excited that the meal was good, right? It's the perspective of how you choose to look at it. I choose what's lovely over what's self-pleasing. Parents, if the kids got a C in math, but they got an A in geography, focus on the A and work on the C. It's what we choose to look at. Look, when your kid gets home from Memphis because they've been with Mama for a week and they won't stay asleep and they keep getting out the bed and they keep walking into your bedroom and waking you up at midnight and you got to preach in six hours, don't be mad at them. Preaching to myself. <laughs> you know, it's how you choose to look at it. She's healthy. She's beautiful. She's home. How I choose to look at it defines which pattern I pick. Somebody at some point got us off of the responsibility that, listen, we pick what we think. That's our responsibility. That's our job. That's our authority. We get to pick what we think. Other people don't get to dictate what you think. You allow them to dictate what you think. You get to pick what you think. As I was studying this, I felt the Lord, and he told this for me, and I'm going to share it with you, so maybe it ministers to you. He said, from now on, when you read Philippians 4.8, or you're dealing with your thought patterns, read it as an investigative question. I said, what does it even mean? He said, when, instead of whatever is good, read it like this. What is good? What is noble? What is lovely? When I come home from a hard day's work and I walk into my house, I need to be looking for what is good, Right? When I go into my job, even though I may or may not like my job, when I walk into my job, I need to be looking for what is good. What is good? When I'm in a conversation with somebody, I need to be looking for what is true. When I'm dealing with an individual, what is noble? It's our responsibility to be always looking for Philippians 4, 8. Every time you talk to your kid, you think about what you want to think about based off of what is good. If your marriage is struggling, start focusing on what is good. What is good? It's amazing what will happen to you when you start looking for God's goodness in every situation. 
He'll start to transform your mind and you'll start to see things you never even knew were there because you were so focused on the negative aspect and the pattern of this world because it's easier. Listen, I believe this. It's easier to think negative than it is to think positive. And here's the reason. I'm making all this up. Number one is because everybody else is doing it too. And we can jump on that. Number two, it's not hard to find something bad. Y'all probably heard this whole illustration before. If, if 10 people came to your house for a party and they all got ready to leave and all nine walked past you and said, man, it was the best party ever. We had so much fun. It was the best party ever. And the last person, one person, said, man, your party was horrible. You would spend the entire night worried about that one person and why they had a horrible time and what you didn't do right instead of celebrating the nine who loved it. Right? It's the way our mind goes. It's easier to go with the negative than to try to work for the positive. So God is saying, look for it. Whatever's good, whatever's true, whatever's noble. Look, look for it, look for it. Pick the pattern. Make sense? Number two, protect the pattern. Once you've chosen the pattern, now you need to protect the pattern. Look, we guard everything today. You ever notice that? We have alarms on our houses we have alarms on our cars. People have guns for protection. We have, uh, you know, passwords for our Wi-Fi, right? We guard everything. Now iPhone, you know, has the thumbprint. We're moving to, like, the facial recognition. Eventually you'll have to give blood to be able to get your phone to open up. Like, you know, I mean, we're guarding everything. We are so big about guarding everything. But if you notice, we don't guard our minds. <laughs> we guard everything, but we don't guard our minds. The gate of our mind is just swinging wide open. Just whatever wants to come in. Whatever wants to, just come on in. Just, just bring it on in. M- my wife is a uh, kind of a, a fitness-focused person. She's a vegan, and she's always working on, on staying in shape and different things. And she has this thing called My Fitness Pal. Y'all heard about this? All right? It's t- 2018. Everybody's heard about this. Um, so My Fitness Pal, you can, you can kind of count your calories and your, your macros and your intake of fat and all this kind of stuff. She, she can focus all that because she wants to pay attention to what goes in her body because she understands that what goes in her body at some shape, form, or fashion will affect her body. So she wants to take real, she wants to have a very clear log of what's going in her body. And we were talking about this. And I was like, wouldn't it be funny, or not funny, wouldn't it be smart if we started logging what goes into our mind? We started paying attention, and the way you count calories, we started paying attention to what we were thinking. And she said, we could call it my thought life pal. So we're opening up a new app, so be prepared for that. Um, it'll be $170,000 per download. Trying to, trying to build a church, man. Got to get a building. Um, and so, you know, it, it, this whole concept of, of us finally starting to think about what we're thinking about. Like, that, wow, isn't that, what if we thought about what we were thinking about? What if we took log of what goes into our mind on a daily basis? You say, oh, Pastor Troy, you're about to start telling me about I don't need to watch these shows and listen to this music. No, I'm not. That's not my deal. I don't go down that road. Listen, you know what you're listening to and what you're watching. I watch TV. I listen to music. I'm alive, and so I get it. But at some point, you do need to know. You need to log what's going in because if you're 90% negative and 10% positive, you're not going to have a happy marriage. See what I mean? At some point, you got to log and take intake of what's going in, how much positive, how much spiritual, how much scripture, how much reality. It's cool. Look, you're going to always, here's what's true. You're going to always have good thoughts and bad thoughts. If you try to get to a point where all you ever have is good, good thoughts, the only thing that ever comes in is good thoughts, that's going to be almost impossible. So it's, it's not about 
never having a bad thought. It's about picking the good ones, right? And it's about helping the intake. Because if you're not careful, watch this. Is it possible that by the things we are allowing into our mind, we are prepping a state of mind that we're trying to pray away? We keep trying to pray something away, but we keep letting the intake come that's creating the very thing we're trying to pray away. God, I don't want to think that way anymore. Okay, well, at some point you need to log what you're letting in there, right? I've decided now, I've been working out, I've been working on muscles, and now I've decided I'm going to lose weight. And I was talking to a friend of mine, and he was like, well, the number one thing that matters is what you eat. And isn't it funny that it always comes back to what's going in that is the real attribute of what's going to come out. And so we need to log it. And so I thought this was interesting that 2 Corinthians 10.5 kind of sets this up for us. You know, it says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. Let's pause there for a second. Every bad thought you ever have is going against the knowledge of God. Do you think about that? Every negative thought you ever have about yourself or your family is going against the knowledge of God. Because God doesn't think that way. So every negative thought. And then here's what it says. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Take captive every thought. I was reading this verse and I was really trying to, I always try to make the Bible applicable. And so I'm reading this and I'm like, Lord, take captive. What do I know about being taken captive? And all of a sudden I remember Jack Bauer in 24. Were y'all 24 people? Did y'all watch that? I know that was like dated. Y'all like breaking bad people now. But but 24 was like the bomb, all right? Because Go in and, not, not literally, uh, he would go in and take terrorists and arrest them and tie them up. And there were times where he would take them captive and then he would what? Interrogate them. Did y'all ever watch this stuff? If you don't, I'm not telling you to go home and watch 24, uh, you know, but it's good. He would, he would get the terrorist guy, put him in a chair, tie him up, and it would get serious in that moment. I started thinking, what if we interrogated our thoughts? If every thought we had, we actually interrogated. What if we took that thought captive, right? So we grab that thought, hold it, take it, put it on a chair, set it down, and begin to interrogate the thought with two questions. Number one, who sent you? Who sent you? Did God send you or did the enemy send you? Who sent that thought? That thought that as I looked in the mirror and thought, man, my, you know, Chin starting to sag, and that shirt's a little tight, and, and I, I'm, I'm getting heavy. Who sent that thought? When I come home and have a negative thought towards my kids or towards my wife or towards my husband or towards my boss, who sent that thought? Because God didn't send it, right? Who sent it? And then your next question is this. Where did it come from? Oh, I'm sorry, not where did it come from, but what's your purpose? Why are you here? Are you here to destroy something that God has put together? to move me out of my purpose? What is the reason that you're here? Who sent you? Why are you here? Who sent you? Why are you here? Imagine if we interrogated our thoughts. That was eye-opening for me, that every time a thought enters my head, I don't just accept it, but I take it, I set it down, and I interrogate it to find out if it's true or if it's rationalized. Is it noble Or is it easy? I interrogate it to find out. And then I read this part in that verse that says, and make it obedient to Christ. So I take my thought captive, I interrogate it, and now I make it obedient to Christ. I make it submit to Christ. And the more I studied that, the more I thought, so I can take my thoughts, walk with me on this, I can take my thoughts, I can take them captive, I can tie them down, 
I can ask them questions, I can interrogate them, and then I can make them submit to the Word of God. I can then take my thought and run it by the Word of God and then find out, is it true? Is this thought lining up with the Word of God? I can make this thought obedient to Christ. And I had this thought. Y'all remember Mari? Did y'all ever watch Mari? I'm not getting with y'all at all this morning. You don't watch 24. You don't watch Mari. You don't. Obviously, I have a very bad choice of television and entertainment. Um, Mari is like the talk show host, and he, you know, he he kind of got famous there for a while because women were coming on and they were pregnant and they were claiming that this guy or that guy was the father of the baby. And he he became really popular because he would do the paternity test right during the show. So he'd have like the Manila envelope. He'd be sitting there with that little smirk with his legs crossed and pin in his mouth. You know, and he'd be like, you know, uh, Alicia, you say John is the father of this baby and he start pulling out all slow you know building up intensity and he's like like the iPhone how it opens real slow and he like the paternity test decided uh that's a lie y'all ever saw that you know what I'm three of you this is great I should have shown a clip before this happened that's a lie right? and so I'm sort of picturing this I'm like what if we took our thoughts and ran it by scripture and we could be really determined like uh that's a lie right uh that's a lie. The Lord says, I don't have, or, or my mind's saying, I don't have a purpose. I look at Philippians 4.18, uh, that's a lie, because I do have a purpose. You're running it by Scripture. You pick what you think, and then you protect what you think. Pick what you think, protect what you think. Pick what you think, protect what you think. I'm going to do one more movie reference, and then I'm done. I'm leaving. Have any of you seen Legally Blonde? Woo! Why are y'all watching Legally Blonde, not 24? All right, um. Remember her bend and snap? Remember the bend and snap? Bend, snap, or whatever it was, right? Remember that? And so I'm like, pick, protect, pick. I can't do, I don't know if we do the same movements or not. You could be like, pick, protect, you know, protect. But pick, protect, pick your thoughts, protect your thoughts, pick your thoughts, protect your thoughts. Pick what you are thinking on and then guard what you're thinking. Log what tries to get in your brain. Take captive every thought and make sure it lines up with the word of God. And if it doesn't, kick it out. I'm not going to think that way because that's not the way God would have me think. Because I chose to think on whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever's lovely, whatever's admirable. I chose that. And now I'm going to protect what I'm thinking. Out of everything I say today, I feel like that's the word for us as a church. Protect what you're thinking. Put a password on your mind. Put a thumbprint. Do something that the world and the enemy and Facebook and Snapchat and Instagram and all this just can't tell you what to think. Pick it. Protect it. Pick it. Protect it. So you pick the pattern. You protect the pattern. And then lastly, you practice the pattern. Philippians 4.9, he said this, after he went through all of think on this, he said, whatever you've learned, whatever you've received, whatever you've heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. Whatever you've seen, whatever you've heard, thinking on these things, protecting your thoughts, whatever you've seen, put it into practice. I always heard that practice makes perfect. That's not true, right? Practice makes what? Permanent. Doesn't make perfect. Let me give you an example of how I know it doesn't make perfect. Let's say I came in here and said, Scout, I want to learn how to play the drums. So Scout said, okay. And I went and sat down at Scout's drum set, and I started drumming the wrong way, which I don't know if that's possible, but I bet you I could do it. 
And so Jabal the wrong way. And then he kept letting me practice that way. If every week he let me come and do that same incorrect process, I would be really good at being really bad, right? Because anything you practice becomes permanent. It's why number one and number two have to come before number three. Because if you don't pick the right pattern, you will practice the wrong one. And you will end up thinking automatically the negative thoughts instead of the positive thoughts. Because here's the other thing about patterns, and we've been talking a little bit about this. As patterns continue, they become automatic, right? I'll give you some examples. How many of you tied your shoes this morning? Anybody here tie your shoes this morning? Luckily, I have shoes that don't tie, so I haven't had to do that in a long time. But if you tied your shoes this morning, um, you probably don't even remember what hands you started with, right? Did you start, did you do the bunny bunny loop? Did you start with your right hand? Did you go with your left hand? You, you, don't, you don't really know because it's become so automatic to you. You just, you just boom, you just boom. Some of you don't even untie. You tie them and leave them on, right? When you were a child or 37 and you learned to tie your shoes, it, it was really difficult. You had to really focus. Remember you made the big loop and that was awkward and you were like holding the big loop like, what do I do with this? And you were all awkward looking as you were, because you were learning. And you practiced more and more and more and more and more and more. And guess what? It became automatic. Give you a better example. Those of you that you got a job, a new job, and you drove from your house to your new job, and you had to look at GPS, and you had to know, okay, this is my left, and this is my right. And 10 years later, you're still working at that same job. And guess what? You drive there with your eyes closed, right? You sleep halfway to your job because you already know, I make this left, I make that. It becomes automatic. When it comes to thinking, when it comes to picking our thoughts, at first, we're going to have to really focus. At first, we're going to have to, you're going to look like the dude trying to tie his his shoes for the first time. You're going to have to really go, okay, this is the world's thought, uh, bad. And this is God's thought, put it in. And and it's it's a slow process as you're picking. And then you're protecting. Oh, I shouldn't have thought that. Oh, oh, get out, get out, get out. It's a slow process process, but you keep practicing it, picking, protecting, picking, protecting, picking, protecting, and eventually it'll become automatic. I mean, I tell you what, I'm going to step up our illustration game here. Hey, Jeff, with a J, come here for a second. We have two Jeffs. We have the two most talented Jeffs in America, okay? Um, Not in the whole earth, but just America. I'm just kidding. Uh, And so uh, this Jeff is our... um, I was going to say something about it. his Mohawk just the best? Right? Don't you just wish you look like him? I do, all the time. Uh, I actually tried sometimes, but, sometimes. yeah, it's yeah. awkward. Um, so, what is this? A guitar. Guitar, thank you. Yeah. I know you think I'm, I really don't know, and so that's why I'm asking. Because um, I know there's a bass, and there's a guitar, and so this is the guitar. Okay. So, how old were you when you learned to play the guitar? When I started? Isn't that what you, isn't that what, doesn't that mean the same thing? Like, 12. All right. Did you have a mohawk? No. That would have been cool. Okay. Um, 14. So 14. Okay. So you're 12. So so show us. Kind of turn. Can everybody see him? All right. All right. So kind of show us what that looked like as you were learning to play the guitar. Like, like where were your hands? How much did you have to focus? Give me, give me like a string because you probably learned one note. Is that a note? Is that a guitar thing? Note? There you go. So see? Probably sound like that. Yeah. So do it again. Do it again. That's, that's what you look like practicing good thoughts. Just, <laughs> bang, bang, 
nobody's coming to church for that. You know what I mean? Praise goes, ding, ding, ding. You're over there like, come on, man, we're going to need you to step your game up. Um, so, so that's the idea of practice. Keep on, keep, keep giving it to them because I want them to really catch this. Keep showing them, keep showing them just that little simple, little simple boom, boom. So here you are. Just keep playing it for a second. Give me some background music. This would be pretty cool. Um, I might start rapping. My name is Pastor Troy after all. So um, you're thinking good thoughts, good thoughts. I got to have a good thought, good thought. I got to focus on my, on my good thoughts. Y'all think I look dumb right now, but this is us. This is how we operate. I got I to have, have a good thought today. I, I woke up. I got out of bed. I haven't had my coffee yet, which some of you can't even breathe without coffee. And so I can't have my coffee yet. And, and, and I'm about to run into my spouse in the hallway. <laughs> she, she has morning breath and I have morning breath. And we got to make an eye contact here. And it's got to be a good eye contact. I got to have a good thought, right? Some of us wake up tired. So now we're already on negative thoughts. Right? You got to have a good thought. Keep it going. Don't, don't go crazy. Just give me that. Bang, bang. Could have done this part technically, but just simple thoughts. I gotta get in my car. I'm on low fuel. Ugh. Good thought. Good thought. Good thought. I got enough money to get gas. All right, here we go. Here we go. All right, good thought. Get to work. Negative thought. Oh, gotta protect it. Simple. Pick. Protect. Pick. Protect. See, it's a pattern. Pick. Protect. And the more you do it, the more you get good at it, and the more it kind of becomes automatic to where you can just, just give us something. Just give us a little. Can you do this without seeing? I don't know. Keep going, man. Give it to him. Give him a little head nod. Give him, a little, give him, give him the body shake. There we go. That's a lot different than the first one, am I right? Am I right? It's a lot different. See how the process goes. It's automated in him now. It's who he is. He just, he don't even got to see. He just, do it again. Do it again. Just, 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 just rock him out. Rock him out. Go, give him something on the back. You got, I don't know how to do this. Give him, I should have prayed Curtis up here and make him do it. Give him something behind him. All right? You just, you're just rocking it out. It becomes automated. You practice it. And watch this. The more you practice, the easier it is for you to have a good thought. And eventually it becomes permanent. And every thought you have, you're able to pick it, protect it, and put in place the right thought. Stand up with me. It's a pattern, church. It's a pattern. Pick, protect, bend, snap. Pick, protect, pick, protect. Practice, 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 practice. You are going to have a negative thought this afternoon, I guarantee you. You might be having a negative thought right now about me. You better do the bending snap quick before I get off the stage. Practice it. Practice it. And listen, you were, you were 12. He wasn't doing that at 13. Right? He had a mohawk at 14. That took his level up really high. But he wasn't doing that at 13. Some of us want to walk out of here and by tomorrow be walking with holy mind. Doesn't work that way. But you practice it and you practice it and you practice it and you get better at it. And it's a pattern and it takes place. And now all of a sudden your natural automatic thinking process is positive. And you'll find yourself thinking on whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever's right, 
whatever is admirable, whatever is lovely. And here's what will happen. People will start to go, what's wrong with you? Right? Why are you, what's, you're weird. Because they don't know what it's like to be around somebody who chooses positive thinking. But it's our responsibilities as Christ followers to follow the pattern God gave us so that people can see you control what you think. And here's what's inevitable. They'll get around you and they'll say, you're never stressed. You're always smiling. You always have something nice to say. You don't talk bad about the boss like everybody else does. There's something different about you, and I want to know what that is. And then you'll say, you know what? There's a place on Sunday morning you can come with us to. And you'll watch them give their life to Christ. And that'll be one more way that Jesus has used you to fulfill the purpose he has over your life. All because you put the right pattern in your thoughts. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for who you are, your faithfulness. Thank you so much that you put patterns all throughout your scripture for us and our worries and our thoughts and our finances and our relationships. Lord, how to handle offense. Every, every area of our life that even we struggle with today, you gave us a pattern for. And throughout this series, as we're opening up your word and just kind of reminding ourselves what your word says, reminding ourselves to put in place the patterns, God, that you put before us. And so I pray right now for every marriage. I pray for every parent. I pray for every young person, every dating couple, every employee, every grandma, every grandpa, every brother, every sister. God, every person in this place that's dealing with thoughts in some shape, form, or fashion that do not line up with your scripture, I pray over their mind right now. That, Lord, they wouldn't walk out of here expecting to be perfect, but they would walk out of here expecting to be able to put that pattern to use. And that you would help them to be able to see in every moment what is good, what is noble, what is admirable. And that they'd be able to find those things, pick them. And then they would protect it. And God, through that process, they would see transformation in their mind. And their thoughts would start to produce life instead of death. Their thoughts would start to produce love instead of hate. And their thoughts will start to produce fulfillment in both their life and others around them and not a lack of. Lord, we love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.